This is the Animal's Eye View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. I think it's important at this point in time on planet Earth to remember that your physical body is also not separate, or perhaps we could say is an integral component, say like maybe Command Central for the emotional body, the mental body, and energetic slash cosmic slash spiritual body. In other words, what affects one affects the other. And so while we humans, because to be clear, it it is only just humans at this point in time who are having to be cognizant of uh, uh, personal hygiene and to remember to eat well and to get enough sleep and to locate your nearest palette of both hand sanitizer and toilet paper. And yes, I understand that is a bit of gallows humor. And at the same time that some people might protest and say it's too much, I don't think that we can necessarily separate out the fact that this virus is paying mostly just humans on the planet a visit and to a certain extent moving off the face of the planet in physical form a fair number of humans in human experience. It's also important to remember how you view this particular pandemic because the World Health Organization just came out today and said yes folks as a matter of fact this is a pandemic. I think it's important to keep in mind how you're responding not only to the virus itself to the people around you to pretty much anything and everything of energy which of course everything is energy so everything else there out there on the planet And just like the different layers of beingness here on this planet, we have the physical, we have the emotional, we have the mental, and we have the other, are kind of coordinated with each other, what affects one affects the other, etc. There's no doubt, at least in my mind, that the fact that this virus, again, is paying only humans on the planet a visit, and I'll get to the animal component, because I got into a bit of a fisticuffs with people on (laughs) Facebook today, Um, and again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it just never ends well when you step into that place, usually. To me, it feels like the earth herself, and I think we've forgotten, certainly as humans, that not only is this planet as the sitcom was, the third rock from the sun, the earth herself is a living, breathing, sentient being. What affects the earth affects you. How you are most definitely affects the earth and how 
all the species on the planet interact with Earth herself is also part of the whole picture. And it, it feels just a little bit like the Earth is kind of like, you know, shrugging her shoulders and saying, you know what, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of getting beyond the point where I'm done. And you may have seen some maps of, say, for instance, China from outer space. And when satellite pictures look at China, there is a marked lapse and or decrease of the amount of air pollution that's normally seen over China because people aren't working. People are being quarantined. Everything is kind of shuttered up. Is this virus a means to the end as far as the planet goes and as far as the planet going? Yeah, you know what? The other thing that perhaps we need to clean up here a little bit is that the human species is completely out of balance with the resources here on the planet. We can't really hide from that. We are an invasive species. We are the one species on the planet that have not contained ourselves within geographical locations and we have not allowed our numbers to be naturally balanced in accordance with the resources that are available here on the planet. All the other species and all the other predator and prey relationships on the planet take this into account and it's an incredibly delicate balance of if we have too many of this species starting to become prevalent and say for instance a prey species this is all about the tropic cascade that happened up in uh, Yellowstone before they reintroduced wolves the rivers actually changed course because deer, elk, etc. that were prey to the wolves were overgrazing on the banks of the rivers and the streams and so the rivers and the streams were starting to be eroded which of course downstream would affect um, trout, it would affect beaver, it would affect river otter. I think humans the thing that we don't we're not really getting <laughs> is the really delicate balance and how we are in partnership with all the other species on the planet and again with Earth herself. It is curious to me that, at least at this point in time, this particular virus does seem to be isolating those humans who are over a certain age, at least the ones that are uh, leaving this experience, who are transitioning out of this experience, who are of a certain age, usually um, I think I heard either 60 plus or 80 plus, as well as those individuals who have physical forms that have somehow ended up being compromised on the planet, other disease processes that are already in place that have somehow weakened the physical form itself. We're not seeing children affected by this. We're not seeing millennials, if you will, people of 25, 30, even 40 years old, we're not seeing them affected as much as a group as we are seeing elderly individuals. And again, while I would, I would not wish the grief that humans, any being really, any sentient being on the planet experience at the transition of a loved one, I do perceive that part of this has to do with the fact that in other predator and prey relationships here on the planet, it is the elderly in a herd that is culled first by predators. It is the individuals who somehow have a somewhat weakened form 
that are culled by the predator. Sometimes, occasionally, yes, it is the young that are culled by the predator as well. And it's certainly not that these other animal family groups don't feel that grief. On a certain level, though, they do embrace this. They understand that they are, at least in this animal experience and anchored into this planet, this is this is the design of this planet. We have light and shadow that is the same, different sides of the same coin. And it was interesting, I actually uh, tweeted today that so often humans, I think, we're trying to find a way to escape duality in order to get to unity. And uh, I think sometimes our perception of unity is, yeah, okay, so I'm just going to kind of stay where the light is most prevalent and other oh, shadow aspect, oh, no, I don't really have time for that. It doesn't really serve any purpose, etc. Well, I think that's a bit of an uphill battle. And it's interesting because if you ask the animals, they would say, in embracing the duality, you actually are embracing the unity, the unity that exists between shadow and light. There is no separation between shadow and light for them. It's kind of one and the same. And then to a certain extent, as I said, they make their way into unity because then it is the embrace of the design of the planet as a whole, and that's where transcendence begins. I also posted something on my Facebook page, my, I think it was on my personal Facebook page. I'll have to see if I can post it on my uh, professional Facebook page. It was a really lovely and really amazing, um, I guess I would call it essay, Shared Thoughts by Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I'm a big fan of. And while he was talking about kind of the facts and figures as it relates to this particular coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, that he was talking about, we are seeing um, a disproportionately larger number of elderly and physically compromised individuals who are transitioning from this than we are of the young. He also spoke really movingly about what happens when the body itself responds to a certain emotion. What happens in the physical processes that happen within the body when it responds to, say, for instance, fear or anger or on the opposite end of the, the, the spectrum, joy and compassion. And there, there most definitely is a correlation between the body uh, being under stress for long periods of time and how that weakens the immune system and how that also tends to, and they've done, you know, MRIs on individuals, etc., that it actually can change the shape of different areas of the brain. That's really significant, right? And that says that we are talking to the body at every single moment in time via our thoughts, our actions, and our emotions. Because after all, the body is command central for how you do this experience here on this planet. And again, as humans, we've kind of separated ourselves out from that. We just go, oh yeah, my body. And we even go to the point where we don't even say my body. We say, I have. I have a cold. I have the flu. In my case, it, I may, may very well say I have MS. But even as I say that, I can feel a pushback on a certain level where I want to correct myself rather quickly and kind of go, no, 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 my body has MS. My body has a cold. My body has the flu. 
And when we talk to our body in this way, and as Dr. Bruce Lipton was suggesting, there are ways to step into places of neutrality. And I, I'm not asking anybody, and I think would be kind of frankly a tall order, with number one, you know, anytime you live in a herd, uh, you are affected by the herd, right? This is, we, everybody knows about this. This is group herd mentality. Something physically happens that's felt by the herd. Something emotionally happens that's felt by the herd. Something mentally happens, etc. There is a way, though, I think, to, for lack of a better word, kind of inoculate yourself against maybe some of the fear and some of the anxiety that truth in fact doesn't really do your own body and its natural defenses any good by stepping into that place of fear. The more I think you can step into a place of, okay, this is happening. Gosh, it's, it's moving pretty quickly. Yes, I can still feel the ground underneath my feet. Yes, I can see that when someone says something, for instance, someone, um, someone in the government holding a press conference, or for instance today, with the World Health Organization declaring a pandemic, I have a choice about how I'm going to respond to that. And this doesn't really have anything to do with keeping yourself safe, right? This, this, of course, if you were to exhibit any of the symptoms, you would take appropriate steps, first and foremost, to provide excellent care for your physical body and for your machine here on this planet, and secondarily, so that you can help others out in your immediate community, whether that happens to be a house, whether that happens to be a workplace, whether that happens to be any other kind of group gathering that you would, by taking good, excellent care of yourself, you are thereby also extending that same level of care to other individuals. And yes, these are challenging times. And in talking about what affects the physical and in making sure that we wash our hands and we, I don't know about you, but anytime after I've been outside, like going to yoga class or going to meet a client or being somewhere else, the moment I step across my threshold of my back door, my shoes come off, I make my way to the kitchen sink and I wash my hands. But because to me, there's just kind of like, um, uh, maybe even a, I would might call it a little bit of a blessing that I feel like I do. It's almost like, okay, so that was there and this is here. And I want to make sure where I am here is as of, of the vibration that I want it to be. And it's not that anybody else that I happen to run into is somehow dirty or contaminated or any of that sort of thing. It's kind of a reset for me. Water has a remarkable ability to do that, I think, for a lot of people. Sometimes even going into the bathroom and washing your hands and then splashing water on your face. It really can be a remarkable mental and emotional reset. There's numbers of other ways, right, that you can wash, if you will, not only your energetic field, but your emotional body and your mental body as well. I think it was today, I don't know if you all listen to NPR, I have a hunch that some of you might, and they have those absolutely fabulous Tiny Desk concerts. Well, Chris Martin was on there, I don't know if it was today or when it was, but it was it's their most recent Tiny Desk concert. 
So Chris Martin from Coldplay was there. He was backed up actually by just one other guitar. and But he had a group of probably eight or nine singers behind him. And I got to tell you, I just gifted myself that 20 minutes of Nirvana to be able to listen to all these fabulous and amazing voices. Why? Because it made my body feel good. I could feel the resonance, not only with my physical body, but with my emotional self. And it felt like mentally a window had kind of been opened and there was a fresh breath of air that was coming in. It was just like... Oh, okay, that's right. Oh, wow, that felt really wonderful. Wow, that was, and for me, again, it was just a huge reset. You certainly can do things like that. I would invite you to get out in nature, nature as much as possible. I took a walk around my favorite Crown Hill Lake because the weather here in Denver, I think when I was coming home, I saw on... Uh, the side of the church uh, that has actually, in addition to, it's interesting to me, in addition to like um, announcements from the church, they all also have an outdoor thermometer, <laughs> which is kind of, um, again, interesting to me, um, that the high in Denver reached 72 today, which again was just, and there were geese out there. I usually sit for a little bit on my walk halfway through just to kind of stretch. There were so many fish jumping in the lake, which was just so fun to see. So there was that little bit of, oh, that's really wonderful. That little bit of awe that comes in that I know was really positive for my body. You certainly can use things like uh, Palo Santo. You can certainly use sage. You can certainly use crystals. You can certainly use essential oils. There's a number of things you can do. I would invite you to remember though that it begins and ends with you. You can smudge all you want. If you continually reach back for both emotions and thoughts that are anchored in fear, that plant, the the sage or whatever it is that you're smudging with, it creates an impasse with the energy of that healing plant. And so rather than clearing out that physical space around you, you've, you've not really done anything because you're kind of fighting against it. And this is a point in time where I think really in a curious way, we're being called upon to strengthen ourselves and understand how empowered we are as individuals. But I think we're also being called upon to understand how very directly we affect each other and how very directly we can positively and not so positively affect the community in in which we live and work and hopefully thrive. We're making our way back to a partnership and sometimes <laughs> with what I think could really be termed a shamanic initiation on a global perspective Sometimes those initiations can be particularly fierce because you are meant to have the feeling like you're being taken up to the door of death and you are meant to feel that, okay, I can figure a way out of this. I can figure out how to not only clear myself and to a certain extent heal myself of this, but then with what I have learned and the awarenesses I gained, I can then turn around and head back the other way and help others 
who are going through the same or similar initiation. We're all in this together as much as we as humans don't perceive that we are. And I think something like the coronavirus is proving itself to be and can be illuminated to be in a certain number of ways a gift, especially to our species. I'm Lizanne Flynn, and this has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.